You know, statistic tells us that most of us have not experienced a perfect dad growing up, meaning that either there is a dad out there that he's not home, or we never really met our dad, or even if they're home, they're usually pretty absent-minded in terms of the things in, in, at home and so forth. So we, we haven't got a dad that we could look up to, walk with us, counsel us. So a lot of us have a warped idea of what a dad is. So when the scripture tells us about Heavenly Father, we really haven't got a clue of what it is. This is what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping that at the end of this conversation we have together, that you will fall in love with your true dad. You see, your real father, the true dad, is not your earthly father. You know, I always say this, my children are unleashed to me. While they unleashed to me, I will do everything in my power to introduce them to their dad. So that one day when I'm not around anymore, they will know and still have a dad to call to. In fact, the dad that is more faithful than I could ever be. The dad is more sacrificial than I'll ever be. So it is my job as a father, not only to draw attention to me, to help them to love me, but most importantly, to introduce them to the Heavenly Father. Because frankly, they, the Heavenly Father is their true father. Because he's their father eternally. Not just for the next few 20, 30, 47, 70, 80 years, but the true Father eternally. So I hope I will do a good job when I pass on to this life is that when I look down from heaven, I will see my children know how to depend on their daddy God in heaven. I want to show you today because a lot of people don't understand what a true father is. And in fact, they actually had a very bad idea. You know, uh, there was an experiment that was done in the prison. And in this prison, they have uh, cards for uh, Mother's Day and cards for Father's Day. And during Mother's Day, all the cards were used up. But on Father's Day, not even one card was taken by the prisoners. It goes to show you many of the people who are struggling, struggling in life, not just in prison, but struggling in life, whether it's male or female, is because there is a lack of father. Now, how do you how do you fix that? You see, you can either you know try to cling onto an older man or cling onto uh, somebody, another man, or you discover your true dad, your heavenly father, which is in heaven. I know that when you do, your life will change, your perspective will change, you'll make decisions differently, and you will face people differently, and your countenance, everything about you will be transformed. Well, today I want to talk about the, the, the scriptures which has been known as the prodigal son scripture. You know, the scripture that uh, is in Luke chapter 15, everybody is very familiar with it. They call it the prodigal son. It's actually never been given to, to us by those who wrote the scripture. It's just been added on later on when people are translating the Bible. So, you know, one generation after we thought it is actually from the Bible. But the, the word, the, the title prodigal son, I would submit to you is not the accurate uh, title because I know that when Jesus was sharing this parable, he was not trying to magnify his kids that is wasteful and reckless, but that he was he was trying to reveal to us what the father looks like, how he treats his good son and not so good son or bad son. And he tried to reveal. So that's why I would want to change this topic from prodigal father to prodigal son. Well, people say, well, what do you mean prodigal father? Does he have to repent? Ha, 
That's another problem we have and misunderstanding we have in the scripture is that a lot of times we thought the word prodigal means the repenting, uh, means repentance. Prodigal does not mean repentance. In fact, the definition of prodigal means this, spending money and resources freely, recklessly, extravagantly, and lavishly. Sure, the son did that. But I want to show you today that our Heavenly Father has spent all that He could spend, spent all the resources. The Bible said that you already have all His spiritual blessing. There's nothing else to give. He is a Father that would lavish His love for you. It doesn't matter what you've done or what mistakes you've done. He loves you so much. And that he just wants to embrace you. And some of you have been had run off. You know, you, you've forsaken God or whatever. For whatever reason, got hurt by people in the church or whatever. You kind of run off or you want to try it out the world. You run off. You know your heavenly father is waiting for you to come back. He's looking out the window, waiting, waiting. Why? Because he wants to lavish his grace on you again. He wants to lavish his love recklessly on you. You say, you know, that's such a waste. No, the grace of God is so unlimited. It's never a waste because he loves you so much. So we're going to read from this scripture. Now in this scripture, you will hear about two sons. One son is this curious guy. He looked at the world outside. He'd never been out there. Always been his dad's presence in his dad's household. And he thought to himself, I wonder what it would be like to get out there and just try out the world. He was very curious. He loved to check things out. You know, many of us like that too, you know, and to try to taste, taste, taste the world and push, push the limit. You know, it's like the bird getting out of you know, a lot of university students, when they get off, you know, want, want, to, want to leave home and, and go to, go to, go to uh, live in the campus, you know. And one reason why they want to do that is because they want freedom, you know. Freedom, here we come, right. And so, so this son is like that's very curious and trying to want to check out the world. And so got himself into huge, massive trouble. And then there's another son that represents another group of people in the eyes of the Heavenly Father. Is that they're always very good. They keep the rules, not necessarily the rules that he had invented, but rules that they invented themselves, rules that they impose on themselves through their religion or through whatever, and they impose, and they always have this thinking that the Heavenly Father is very strict. The Heavenly Father does not want him to touch any of the wealth, any of the stuff, and the Heavenly Father only have a time that will allow him to touch it is when he passed away. But I want to show you today how the Heavenly Father treats both type of kids represented in this story with his two sons here. Now, let's go to the scripture in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. We're going to start with verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a share of property that is coming to me. And his father didn't put up a fight. His father divided the property gladly between them. Now, I want you to notice here, what this younger son is doing is that he's asking for something that is only available when he dies, when the father dies. Because you don't split the inheritance until the old man kicked the bucket. You understand what I mean? And so yet this son is basically telling the dad, in my eyes, you're as good as dad, just give me what I need. You know, a lot of people out there have the same idea. Is that God is dead. He's, he's not important. He, he's just unimportant. He's just an inconvenience, you know. I have to keep all the rules. I don't want that. And, and so this son is asking, Dad, I want you to give everything you have for me. And you know, the funny thing is that Dad didn't put up a fight. 
The dad said, fine, I'll just give it to you. Do you know that it's so like our Heavenly Father? He is the same thing. Do you realize that our Heavenly Father did exactly the same thing? You know, he actually put himself in the place of death. He became one of us and put himself in the place of death. Why? So that you can inherit them all. You say, how am I inheriting all? You know, the word of God in, uh, I believe it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says that we are joined heir with Jesus. What does that mean? You, it means that you have everything Jesus has. Jesus has everything. The, Jesus said, the Father given everything to me. So he has everything. You have everything that Jesus has. And he went to the cross and die just so that you can have your inheritance. That's how amazing our Heavenly Father is. And today He is waiting to lavish you. Some of you think, oh my God, you know, I, 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 I got to be so careful and, and I, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't waste the grace of God. I want to tell you this, God loves you so much. His love is so beyond comprehension and that He would die just so that you can have what you want. Now watch this. Verse 13. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country where he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and began, he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs, verse 16. And he was longing to be fed with pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Do you realize that, friends, sometimes when we have not checked out the world outside, it may look like it's actually more attractive, it is more fun, it's more enjoyable, you know, they always say that grass is always greener on the other side. And every time, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us have been protected, have been blessed by God. We, we feel like, man, I, I, I want to try out the world. I want to get out there. You know, the Bible says that there is this thing called the deceitfulness of riches. Not riches itself. The deceitfulness of riches had actually helped many of us in bondage, choke us and helped many of us in bondage. And many people today, they have gone out. In fact, some of the Christians, many of the Christian young believers, you know, they used to go to church with their parents and do things with their parents and now they want to check out the world and before you know it they got all caught up in the system of the world to the point that oh friends you know they, they try to breathe they can't breathe they try you know they, the whole system of the world it's just putting them in a bondage now they have to pay mortgages they're exhausted they have no life and they thought they would enjoy life but in fact they're full of guilt full of condemnation full of frustration everything they try is not working and they're frustrated because they thought Hey, if I'm away from the presence of God, outside the prying eyes of my Heavenly Father, I can do whatever I want. If I consider Him dead, I can do whatever he, I want. But the truth of the matter is that you have been created with a spirit in you that is longing to go home. Now you may, taste, may have tasted all the things in the world, but in your heart of hearts, you still want to go home. And when you're stuck and struggling, I want you to know that there's good news for you. Just, just watch this, right? So, you know, outside the presence of God may look attractive, but it will exhaust and suck everything out of your life. Verse 17, we're going to continue. But when he came to himself, 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, to, uh, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Servants, excuse me. And he arose and he came to his father. Well, fortunately, this boy came to his senses. These boys realized that something is wrong. All that he tried out is wrong. And that he's not going to brave it out, stuck it out, just being stubborn and being proud to stay in the pig with the pigs. He decided, I'm going to humble myself. Okay, so later on, he actually uh, humbled himself and he said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to repent. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to get out of this struggle. Friends, let me tell you this. If you're not happy with your life today, you're struggling. You're not happy where you're at. I want to encourage you to come home because your daddy God is waiting for you. He loves you so much. And he's waiting for you to come home. And he's, he's not, uh, he's not, he's not, he's, he's not going to be mad. As you can see, he's not going to be mad at you. This home that you're going to go back to is going to be great. You say, I don't even know who my heavenly father is. Well, perhaps it's time. You know, your spirit knows who your heavenly father is. It's just your memory cannot remember it because of your physical memory, your physical experiences, and every experience that you have in life thus far. But you know, when you come home, God is going to awaken your spirit. He's going to remind you who he is and what he is like. And so this boy, you know, he, uh, he, he rose up, you know, he said, okay, I've decided to change, you know, change my mind. And, uh, and he's no longer wanted to, wanted to just, just hang in there on his, on, on his own. And, and watch this, this is what happened. But while he was on his way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put on him and put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let's eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. My friends, do you know that you don't even have to come, you know, you don't have to even show up at church. Just on your way to church, just on your way back to the throne of God, your heavenly father would have run to you and embraced you. Do you know he loves you so much? His heart is longing for you. Some of you are sitting in the room watching this right now and you're feeling lonely. You're feeling like, I, don't have, I never had a dad. I don't, you know, my dad was mean. He was abusive. I don't understand what this dad is. But I want you to know your heavenly father who gave you the spirit which dwells in your body. That spirit knows how good your heavenly father is. That spirit in you is crying out. Would you listen to your spirit and come home? Come home and change your way of thinking. Change it. The Bible says repent, which means change the way of thinking. Come home and, and get rid of all your past and just walk into his presence because your daddy God, oh, he misses you so much. He longs to embrace you. Have you ever been embraced by a father? Some of you have never, embra has never been embraced by a dad on this Father's Day.
Would you come to your father? He is waiting with his arm, arms wide open. He wants to embrace you. He wants you to feel secure. He wants you to feel safe. And if you're just there on your own, I want you to know, friends, that your daddy is just looking out. He's looking out, longing for the moment that you will change your mind, longing for the moment that you say, okay, I try enough to the world. I try enough on my own. I want to come home because do you know that when you do, he wants to embrace you. Now, not only does he want to embrace you, do you know what he wants to do? You know, the Bible says that when he came home, you watch this, when he came home, he said, oh, dad, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But the dad never, not even once, mentioned his mistakes. You know, a lot of earthly father, you know, when kids have done something wrong, they come back and repent, repent, you know, the father or the mother will go, see what that tell you? See what that tell you? You know, just add salt on the wounds, right? Just continue to just, you know, just put heaviness on, on the kids that are really feeling really sad, you know. See what that tell you? See what that tell you? Shouldn't have done that, you know. Shouldn't have listened to me. But you know, our heavenly father is nothing like that. That's human earthly father. That father never mentioned one time, not even once, his past mistakes. It's as though he'd never even thought about it. The first thing that came out of his mouth is, come on, restore him. Bring him the rope. Do you know God brought, you know, the father brought him the rope, the ring and the shoes. These three things represent three very important spiritual things for us. Number one is ring. That's authority. You know, in Jesus' days, you know, if you watch some of the older movies, you know that without, with the ring of the father, you can get anything that belongs to the father. Right? You can, you can stamp your ring and get anything that belongs to the Father. If the Father is super rich, man, you can go anywhere and you stamp that ring is as good as gold. That's authority. Do you know, friends, that when you come to God, He's not just going to pamper you, but He's going to give you authority. Authority to have, to have access to all that He has, all that He has given to you. He's given to you all spiritual blessing. He's going to put that ring back on you and He's going to give you the authority. You say, you mean I don't have to work my way back up, you know, start from base one again and then work on base two, three, and four and, and then work my way up? No. As soon as the son came back, he didn't even mention his mistake. He said, bring him the ring. Put a ring back on because he's my son. I want to give him the authority. God wants to give you an authority today because friends, we cannot live on this earth without the authority of God. As children of God, God wants you to have an authority. He wants you to use your authority. Authority over sickness, authority over disease, authority over poverty, authority over all the sorrows and struggles you have, authority over sin in Jesus' name. And he wants you to have the authority. And that's why he put a ring on. And you know what else he did? He put a rope on his son. The rope represents righteousness. Do you realize that God wants to put the robe of righteousness on you? That is his robe of righteousness and he's taking it off and he's putting it on you. Do you know that you don't have to earn your righteousness? You know, this boy, he made all the mistakes, squandered everything that he could have squandered and he walked home and the father just put a robe on him and said, here, you are righteous again in my eyes. That's how awesome, how loving our father is. You don't have to earn your righteousness. He paid for that. 
and you are righteous in his eyes. You know how powerful that is? When you know you're righteous, you don't have to try to earn his grace, earn his keep, and try to earn some authority, some power, some, some whatever. You are as good as new. And lastly, he gave them, he gave him a pair of sandals. Do you know what that stands for? It stands for going forward. Do you realize that God doesn't want you to just come back and just stay where you're at? He put a sandal on you so you can go forward. There's so much territories to win. There's so much battles that God had laid out for you to win. He had designed for you to win. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to increase your territories. You know, I was reading uh, Kings, I believe. No, First Chronicles, you know. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Some of you are familiar with the prayer of Jabez. Uh, Jabez or Jabez. I don't know how do you spell it. But prayer of Jabez. And it's really interesting. Jabez is very bold. He's like, he does you know, the Bible kind of somehow put Jabez in the middle of different, chrono, uh, different, different uh, people, you know, who uh, 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 descendant lines, chronological um, description of different, different lines in, in, in Israel. And all of a sudden, Jabez show up. And Jabez, you know, he, the Bible says, the Bible didn't say he was righteous or whatever, but you know, the Bible says he prayed this prayer. He said, God, would you prosper me and enlarge my territories? Well, I want that. And then the second praise, praise that God, would you make sure that no harm come to me so I feel no pain in my life? How many of you like that experience? No pain, Shandai, right? And he's made the simple prayer. And the Bible said, God granted to him. So when I read that, I just wrote it down for myself. God, prosper me. You know, he's not any more special than I am. He's your child as I am. So God, would you prosper me and enlarge my territory, Shandai? And after that, I said, would you make sure I feel no pain, Shaka? I don't want pain. I know most of you don't want pain. And a lot of times we've been told, you know, Christian walk, you know, had that, you know, you expect pain. Oh, come on. God loves you. I'm, I'm not promising there will be no pain, but I'm saying, why didn't you pray that prayer? Maybe God will grant you that too because you are precious in His sight. Amen? And so anyway, so this son got everything that he has and so God now is pouring out His extravagant love. You know, a lot of times we worry that you know, when people uh, uh, could waste the grace of God away. We, we're so worried about that. So we tell them, you know, don't go waste the grace of God. Here, God is so extravagant. So extravagant. Now, I want to talk about the good kids. There are many good kids today watching this and also in this house. You are good kids. You, you, you've been obeying the, 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 the Word of God. You, 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 you've been faithful and you've been doing everything that is right. And for some of those, we cannot tolerate or even accept the fact that God is that gracious. You mean all this time I've been observing rules, suffering a little bit for Jesus and I'm getting nothing, and this Yahoo walked into the church and got healed? That is not fair. You mean that I, you know, like doing all this that I'm doing, and that, that Bozo showed up, he has the same as me, and that dad said, not a word? What kind of dad is that? That is so unfair. I could hear a lot of religious people like that. And that's why they're always very judgmental, very critical, you know. And they see sinners walking into the church like, 
another one, you know, let's see how long you're going to last type of thing, right? And, you know, so they're very religious and they're very strict. They look very angry sometimes, you know. I can understand why they're angry, you know, because they feel like it's so super unfair. It's so super unfair. So I want to show you how God treat this good son. Now his older son was in the field and as he came in, drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants out, what's going on? And the servant said to him, your brother has come and your father has kill a fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. So verse 28, this son was very angry, refused to go in. And so his father came out and entreated him. His loving father just came out and entreated him and talked to him. He said, look, he said to his dad, dad, many years I've served you. I'd never disobey your command. Doesn't sound like some of the Christians in church. Yet you never gave me anything, not a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. And when this, I just don't want to give names, but when this boy show up, this undeserving loser, you kill a fan cap and have a big, big party. How is that fair? There's no justice. And this is what he said. Son, you're always with me. Now I want you to watch this. And all that is mine, in verse 31, is yours. All that is mine is yours. And like I say, that's how a lot of people felt these days. Is that they kept all the rules. They, be, they, they have been the goody two-shoes. They're not as blessed as some guy just walk into a church. You know, we have guys like that. They, you know, they walk into the church. They, were, they weren't even Christians. They were like, you know, messing around with some tea, some South America you know, and just, just fooling around, tattoo all over his bodies. And, and he showed up and he got filled with the Holy Spirit. He got, he got the joy of the Lord and he got a wife, he got children, he got job, promotion after promotion. It's like, how fair is that? Well, the reason people feel that way, my friends, is because they had been lied to. You see, they were told that they cannot have fun and that they need to observe strict rules and their inheritance is only available in the future when they die. So for the son, it's when the father passed away. For Christians, many religious people, is when you die. When you get martyred or pay some big price, you know, then you go and enjoy your next life. That's what religion promises and it's not true. You see, you can promise the world seven virgins, 20,000 virgins, whatever. I can promise that. Why? Because nobody can ever come back and claim for refund. Once they die, they're gone. Of course you can promise the world. And people do that these days. Anyways, you know, you go on the internet, you know, I'm glad for PayPal. Let me give you a testimony, right? You know, you're on Facebook, right? I mean, these days, everybody's home. You're watching Facebook. A lot of Facebook time, right? And Facebook have a lot of nifty 
merchandise they're selling. And they, and they look so interesting. It's like too good to be true kind of thing. And it's so cheap. And so you order them, right? And they never showed up. I remember I was ordering this, you know, dumbbells, you know, this, this amazing mechanical dumbbell. It can increase weight by itself. You don't have to add dumbbell. It just, it just somehow technologically, it can increase the weight. Well, I fell for it. I paid like $60 US. I said, oh, that's cheap, the $60 US for this whole set. The thing never came. So I called the support line. There's nobody there. I emailed them. My email bounced back. I go, something is wrong. So good thing I pay with PayPal. So I sent a letter to PayPal. I say, hey, I've been cheated. It's a fraud. Boom, the next day they returned back, uh, me back the money. I don't know why I got to that place. But you know, how did I get here? Oh, no refund. Yeah, they can promise that. That's what religion does. They promise the world, but no refund. You're dead already. Six feet under. What are you going to do? Anyway, so, so that's what religion is. But you know, the, the God that we serve, the gospel we preach is that the minute you come home, it's all yours. It's all yours. Some people say, why don't I feel like I have everything? Well, Galatians, in Galatians, Paul explains it really well. He said, you who owns everything sometimes feel like a slave. Do you know Why? Because in your mind, you're still observing rules and laws. That's why it's like you need a guardian. Until you understand the fullness of the grace of God, you will always feel very limited in your access to the goodness of God. Friends, I want to tell you this. The Father is saying to those who are good in this house, is that all that is his. All, they all belong to you. They all belong to you. You don't have to wait until you die. You don't have to wait until you earn some stripes. The grace is that it is all for you to take. Now, he has set up the way how you can access it. He has given you keys to access those riches, those amazing things. Like, For example, finances, right? You know, in this church, you know, I, 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 I want to tell you this, is that in our church during this COVID-19, I get more reports. It's unbelievable. There are people that actually have been blessed so much that I've seen their tithing just, just ever increasing during this COVID time. I was like, how has it happened? You know, I'll be talking to different individuals. Some of them got bonuses in the work. Some of them get their the, the business exploded. Some, some of them just, just, just got just opened a favorite open door for them to begin to just be prosperous during this time. This is when everything is like turning south. People are losing their job. People are afraid. Businesses are closing. Restaurants are closing. Everything is closing. And yet there are some that are living in the fullness of God. You know why? because they understood the principle instead of trying to give so that they could please God. You cannot give to please God. He's pleased with you. He loves you already. You cannot give to get. What you do is you just follow the steps that He had indicated to you and to get access to what you need to get access on. It's all given to you already. You're not pleasing anyone when you give. 
You're not doing anything for anybody when you give. It's just you are just trying to follow the principles of how spiritual finances work. And so there are people that, you know, people say, do you have to give to be rich? No, you don't. You can do whatever you want. You know, Bill Gates, I'm sure he never tithed before, right? But some whole dose of me, people like me, you know, I, I, I need miracles. I'm not very smart. I need miracles for my finances. I'll tell you this, friends, miracles had been my testimonies in terms of finances. From the day, you know, the other day I was sharing with my daughter how pity and poor I was, you know, like, you know, my life, you know, my miserable young days, you know, poor. And you all heard the story before, right? And I've seen how God, step by step, opened doors, giving me grace to go to places that people that are 10 times smarter than me, 10 times more connected than me, could not get. I tell you, God's portion is yours today. You know, the Father said, all that belongs to Him, they're all yours. You don't have to wait until you die. 